0: Okay, Hey everyone, this is Adrian with Talk Lift Heel, and today we are doing a podcast with Coach Emma. She's a swim coach from FSU, so she is going to join me today in talking a little bit about um, her as a coach. I want to know about uh, the ins and outs of that, how it impacts mental health as her as a coach, but also for athletes too. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. That's going to be the podcast um, and then after that I'll give some contact information too if you anybody wants to reach out and ask us any questions So I have coach Emma with me here So uh, tell me a little bit about how you became a swim coach how you got into swimming in general as an athlete Was it something that you knew as a little kid that you were going to be a swimmer? Did you do other sports? So just generally how did you become awesome swim coach Oh wow! <laughs> and athlete?
1: yeah so hi everyone my name is Emma um, like you mentioned uh, happy to be here I think this is super exciting what you're doing and something I, I haven't seen anywhere so I'm super excited about that I do think mental health is a is a very important part of athletics in general and something that quite awesome. often gets overlooked so super happy to be here um cool. in regards to to my journey, uh, I started out very young. I had a my best friend growing up. Her mom was a very good swimmer, mm. and so naturally she put her in swimming. And uh, every day when I wanted to hang out with her, she had to go to swim practice.
0: So, so you want so, to join her,
1: right? So I'm like I might as well go. And then turned out I really liked it, and very she
0: didn't. Cool. And she well, quit. So she quit. You stayed.
1: <laughs> yeah, and then just kind of went from there. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't really spend too much time in other sports, just okay. some summer camps here and there, but uh, I guess swimming has always kind of been it and I just really enjoyed um, working towards you know, like specific time, goal times and mm-hmm. reaching specific goals and okay. how it was so centered around kind of like what you put into it is is mm-hmm. what you get out and I think sometimes yes. with the team sports it can be exciting but also frustrating, you know, if mm-hmm. people on the team don't have the same level of
0: that's actually very true, right, and swimming yeah, it's very individualized, it's really, right? very much on your performance. Right, mm-hmm. so
1: that's, that was kind of like my thought process growing up, now when I did move to the U.S., I grew up in Sweden, uh, when I moved over here to join college athletics, I kind of saw the flip side of that, how cool it is to actually do it in a team setting, because mm-hmm. over here it's a bit more focused on team uh, in college, Interesting. so kind of like a cool transition there, but yeah, so uh, I swam for Florida Gulf Coast University. Okay. A little bit more very down cool. south. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And for the Neil Stud was the head coach there at the time. And then when I was graduating, I wanted to go into grad school, and mm-hmm. um, I thought I wanted to become an actuary, um, working with finance and math. So that was mm-hmm. kind of, of course very different from coaching. But he helped me get a job here as a grad assistant with the swim team mm-hmm. with the previous staff when I was going through my grad degree, and then one year of doing that um the the current staff here was um not renewed and uh neil's that the coach at florida gulf coast got the job here and so we kind of reconnected wow. and then yeah oh, that's awesome yeah it's a pretty cool story how we kind of reconnected and then uh, after one more year of being a grad assistant i was applying for jobs uh, both in the the industry of what i had studied mm-hmm. but then also um the we did have a position come open here and uh, Neil gave me the opportunity, and I thought, "Wow, like this is something that I might not ever have the chance to for sure, absolutely to do again, so mm-hmm. I figured my other job could wait and then now I love it I've been doing it for for three years full time, so
0: very cool it's been a good time yeah. that was great, and I think the older I get, the more I appreciate having good supervisors, good bosses, mm-hmm. supportive environment where you work right so I think that 's so important, so I feel like you know you can love your job, but if the environment is hard or the people that you work with is difficult. Mm-hmm it makes it that much harder to, to come to work. So you got to like where you work for sure and like the people that you work with as well. Right. So that's awesome. Yeah. What were the biggest changes for you when you moved from Sweden to the States? Oh, wow. Um, I
1: think one of the biggest things that I just really, really think is a cool thing here is people are so open and I don't know, like I've only lived in Florida, so mm-hmm. I don't know if it's a Florida thing or if it's like maybe I wonder the U S yeah. in general, but you know, like you just walk, around in a store and people start talking to you like Mm -hmm. back home it's it's a lot more difficult back home I think to to make friends outside of your circle Mm -hmm. you know people are very reserved and to themselves and interesting uh, kind of like respecting other people which I guess goes both ways but I think it's cool here are people a little bit more like willing to reach out and willing to just kind of be comfortable
0: Sure, yeah. I notice that too. Sometimes people coming up to you and sharing things that you're like, I don't really know you, right. but here we are, and I'm <laughs> learning all about your background.
1: Yeah, no, I think that's super cool. Mm-hmm. Like for the, at the gym where I work at now, it's like, I think every day I talk to a stranger that I didn't know anything about, and that would just yeah. not happen in Sweden. So sure. I think
0: that's interesting. Cool. Yeah. I do also wonder, cause there are, that doesn't happen to everybody though. So I do feel like in some ways it has to do with you and people feeling safe around you. So, and I bet that comes with like being a coach too. Like that probably helps you as a coach, like people being willing or athletes being willing to come to you and they need help. Or, so I feel like maybe that's part of like the, the helper in you.
1: Maybe. Mm-hmm. I mean, like,
0: do I or have... Hey, for yeah, here in Florida, we're just, <laughs> we're hot. We have bug spray all over us and we're willing to talk about things. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Nutshell. Yeah. That's pretty funny. Yeah. Um, so what's some of your favorite things about being a coach? Because, yeah, being an actuary, how, what you had thought you might have done different than than doing coaching. So yeah. what, what have kind of been the things that have kept that passion going for you? Sure. So I, I always liked
1: helping people. I think mm-hmm. that's kind of been a, a thing for me kind of since growing up. I always like to find ways to be helpful, I think, in, mm-hmm. in no matter what I do. And I think initially with that, since... I don't know. Math came somewhat easy to me, and something I enjoyed. I figured I'd try to get a job where I'll make a ton of money, and that way I can help with that money. Mm-hmm. You know, that was kind of like my gotcha. thought process, and uh, I guess now I found a different uh, outlet in that I can be more hands-on helping people with mm-hmm. uh, getting through college and kind of. It is interesting, you know, like we coach swimming, but I feel like it just becomes a much bigger thing than that in terms of being in their lives and and helping out and. Um, learning about them and helping them to get through tough things like most people go through at least some sort of trauma or some sort of difficult event in mm-hmm. their four years of college so absolutely being another person that can kind of help them in that I think it's pretty
0: cool sure yeah I think that yeah. brings up a lot of great points that um, you know coaches and you you know recognize it already that you guys are people that athletes come to that they feel comfortable with in their life, like adults that you trust and sometimes you might be the f- the only person or the first person that they've trusted in a long time and I feel like, yeah, sometimes that comes with a lot of responsibility but it's pretty cool too to, to help in that way and to be there for them. Right. Um, yeah, to think about that whatever they went through in high school, elementary school, college, such a tough time. Mm-hmm. I don't miss being in high school. Like right. I don't miss that time at all. <laughs> uh, yeah. All the traumas and childhood experiences, whether positive or negative that they bring to the table is like having to learn. I bet you have to learn like so many different personalities and, mm. and experiences in that way. Right. Um, so what have been some of the, the biggest like barriers that you've seen with your athletes in terms of, like issues that they've either faced in their life, in terms of that could be like the parent in parenting or the environment that they grew up in, or um, like any kind of like you brought up trauma. So maybe they struggled with something like anxiety during their life. So maybe like in competition, it's harder for them than training because in training you're around your friends, and then competition there's some pressure. So like, what do you kind of see right. in terms of the mental health aspect with your athletes?
1: Yeah, I do think something that just becomes a, a Bigger and bigger thing. Not that I've been in this for for that long, mm-hmm. but kind of the transition from being an athlete in it to not coaching it is the, uh, just the pressure that we put on ourselves. And mm-hmm. I think it's something that, um, sometimes, our swimmers, don't really have the, the accurate kind of, say sorry thing that a lot of people or a lot of swimmers. Uh, struggle with a little bit and I definitely did myself too is Realizing that the pressure that we put on ourselves. Mm. It's mostly coming from ourselves mm. We just build these mental images that uh, you're gonna let coach down. You're gonna let your family down and uh, All these outside factors We kind of paint that picture in our head that we're gonna let them down if we don't perform mm-hmm. uh, Whereas reality is that most people around us just wants us to do the best we can and then mm-hmm. they're happy, you know, so sure getting through that and kind of realizing that this is something that's really exciting you have the opportunity to perform in a sport while you're going through college in some aspects in some cases you know help pay for college by doing it too you know Mm -hmm. it's a lot of really exciting uh, parts about being a student athlete that you get to experience things that other people don't but I do think sometimes we get caught up in the the pressure that we put on ourselves that we really have to perform we we there's always going to be you know the next level to get to and Mm -hmm. uh, combining that with the pressure in school to perform you know a lot of our student athletes are doing an undergraduate degree in preparation to get into a grad school wow so you know like so busy yeah having that pressure to get A's in other classes and you know I mean I was that same person you know I think I got one C in college and I cried you know wow yeah Mm -hmm. and now it's like you know we kind of joke about that on our team you know if someone gets a b and they're really upset and i'm like hey you know it's not the end of the world but at the same time Mm -hmm. i get it because i was that same person so Mm -hmm. uh, just realizing that that's not everything and one little hiccup isn't gonna ruin your life you know i think
0: uh, getting through some some things like that Mm -hmm. so it sounds like you've been through it so you kind of bring that empathy too to your athletes that you're like hey i've had that same pressure i felt like i was gonna let people down or i was gonna be a failure in some kind of way but then when was it that you were kind of able to put it into perspective when you were like okay i'm not gonna let people down they just want to see me do well they're gonna still love and support me no matter what do you feel like you were able to do that when you were still an athlete or did it take being a coach and seeing that with your athletes to kind of connect those dots i, th- I think i
1: started getting there in college for sure mm-hmm. you know after a couple of years of Um, I think we had one year when we didn't win conference where we had been kind of the the favorites for that Mm -hmm. uh, every year for a few years and I think that brought our our team together a lot and we just started realizing like we're having more fun than any other team and we we really do enjoy the time that we spend together and that's what's important and uh, we're going to come back and we're going to win and you know like Mm -hmm. it just that created a really cool atmosphere I think and um
0: it sounds like you yeah. put things into perspective, too. Right. Like, yeah. bigger picture, like, having fun. Right. I remember, for me, some of the sports that I finished, that I quit, was because mm-hmm. I wasn't having fun anymore. Right. Like I, I'm very competitive. I love the competition aspect, but I do also want to enjoy it and have fun, too. So if you're not having fun yeah i think you kind of burn out
1: right and that's something that we're very big on now as well like on the team That okay
0: what do you guys uh, do for fun i got yeah do you guys do things <laughs> like as a team or do you i know a, a covid during this time it's harder i think right but what have you guys been doing to try to stay as a community
1: yeah so i think it's more of like an overall kind of um, uh, something we work on every day mm-hmm. more so than specific events i do think Neil the head coach is he is a really fun guy and he likes to mess around and joke around with okay good with people kind of lighthearted yeah keep Mm -hmm. it like a relaxed environment and we do work really hard and uh, at the same time uh, we'd like to do that while kind of joking around and stuff in practice so Mm -hmm. just being able to have that kind of environment I think is pretty big and um, outside of that you know like whenever we have uh, recruits in town we'd like to do fun like recruiting events and stuff like that and I do think our team is very independent in that like the team captains take a very active role. They're, they do a lot of things as a team where the staff is not involved, you mm-hmm. know, and I think that's, that's important too, that they can build their own identity. It's not like we're all, like, always there kind of looking at awesome. over their shoulder or anything, you know, mm-hmm. like they can um, do a lot of things on their own, but I think just having that like fun, relaxed environment on pool deck, I think is important.
0: Sure, it sounds like a really good balance, so you yeah. have like the fun balance, but at the same time you are you know it is a sport you want to right. do well and perform right. um so yeah, good balance For sure. how are you in terms of uh like your fitness? do you still train do you still swim? what is kind of like your what is your fitness regimen look like
1: yeah so that that's been kind of fun here since my collegiate years to try and like find myself. I put that in quotation marks because mm-hmm. I think it's maybe sometimes kind of like a a weird thing to say but um i've definitely gone through phases mm-hmm. of at first probably not working out as much as i should have you know right after finishing my collegiate career you know mm-hmm. like going from 20 plus hours a week of working out to, to not a lot is wow. obviously not good for your body so mm-hmm. felt like i needed a little bit of a break and took that but then pretty soon i, I felt like i needed something you mm-hmm. know i needed something to stay active and sure. stuff and, Uh, I always loved working out that's never been like an issue to make myself work out or anything Mm -hmm. just that community and having a group of people that are pushing each other and stuff Mm -hmm. so uh, I found CrossFit maybe like a year after I finished swimming and Mm -hmm. uh, that was really great and um, kind of been in and out of that for a little bit Uh, always loved the weight room Mm -hmm. even in college that was kind of a fun thing to do and then I, I did give that a little break for some time and got more into running mm-hmm. and uh, it's interesting because i listened to one of your previous podcasts where you mentioned something about doing cardio where you get to the point that you just put in time and it's mm-hmm. not really like a healthy mindset to have and mm-hmm. uh, kind of fell into that trap a little bit for a while where i uh, got into like running and cardio mostly just to to keep weight off and mm-hmm. try to like look like I was in shape kind of thing mm-hmm. and, uh, it just didn't lead to anything good and I feel like I had that kind of moment where I just realized that like I'm a coach where I'm preaching that we should be comfortable and confident in our bodies and um, we, like the healthy, healthy mindset and, and all that and mm-hmm. I'm just kind of like I'm not displaying that in myself mm-hmm. so I think that was a big turning point in, in getting back to the weight room and really just focusing it on getting stronger and being excited about getting bigger, you know? Like in yeah. a, you know, like Yes,
0: girl. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, like yes. I was
1: was benching Very 5 reps of 230 today and this guy I'm sorry, what? <laughs> I'm sorry. That's amazing. You know, and just having fun with it and it, like, you know, I do know sometimes, you know, like I fall into that trap too of thinking, you know, oh wow, I'm starting to look a little like big or whatever, but it's I don't know. It's exciting. Like at this point I'm at the point where it's it's just fun to lift heavy and, and get mm-hmm. stronger and that's that's the image that I wanna display and mm-hmm. that's what I want to I I wanna be a role model in that sense and yes. not be someone that's worried about body image and that kind of stuff. That's so.
0: fantastic. Yeah. And um yeah, it yeah, sounds like a huge that was a huge turning point, like you said, a big moment for you of kind of realizing like, okay. I'm a coach now, I'm kind of portraying this image, and I've felt that same pressure of, like, mm-hmm. yeah, I got to practice what I preach, and, right. um, and then it works, too, so you're like, oh, well, now I actually do feel, you know, you do feel the effects of it, right. and um, that stigma, too, of, yeah, the whole thing with females, and bulking, mm-hmm. and getting bigger, and what does that mean for us, and, um, you know, having a CrossFit background the same as you, just mm-hmm. having that liberation of not what my body looks like, but what my body can do. Right. I thought that was so amazing of it like it's it doesn't just have to be about what I look like, whether whatever mm-hmm. size I am, it's what I can do. Like that I am the machine. Like that just stuck with me. I'm like, yes, I am yeah. the machine. Like that was <laughs> so like empowering to me that like we use our bodies as that. And so that right. yeah, putting a barbell in my hand was, like, the biggest, most important thing and, like, the scariest because mm-hmm. I had never weightlifted before at CrossFit, yeah. ever, yeah. so that was completely new to me. I had, was a cardio queen. The endurance part was, like, not as challenging for me, but weightlifting, right. that was all new, right. um, but I realized, like, what you had talked about with swimming that you have to put in the time and the progress to see mm-hmm. it. It's not going to be an overnight thing with weightlifting. Like, you're right. not going to bench what you benched. Uh, overnight. Like, I'm sure it took right. you some time to get oh, there. For sure, and, for but sure. you have to Years. stick to that process, yeah. right? Yeah. And so I think that's really cool, too, is that you're it's not just the outcome, it's also like, you know, remembering that process too, what it takes and that, that dedication. So that is Absolutely. awesome. Absolutely. Mm-hmm.
1: And I do think with swimming especially, I mean, it, it is a, a sport when we're, we, we do put our body out there, you know, we're wearing very tight suits and it's very true. You put on five pounds and you can tell because the suit mm-hmm. fits differently. And oh, wow. um, I think it's, it's difficult not to go through that at some point during like your years of growing up in the sport, you know, kind of thinking like, sure, what does my body look like, like compared to everyone else? And what is the, how does that affect me as Mm. as an athlete? And, you know, and everyone looks
0: different. So it's very true. That's a good point. Yeah. And also when you go to college, you're on your own. So Mm -hmm. you're learning, you're learning how to feed yourself. Maybe that's the first time that you haven't had your parents, you know, control what you're eating. So there is a lot more of that too. You're, you're exploring. Mm -hmm. And so I imagine, yeah, you put on, a couple pounds which it's which can be you know somewhat of a normal thing when Mm -hmm. you're learning the process of how to feed yourself and be nutritious but then like you said when you're in a a one-piece swimsuit you feel maybe more under a microscope than some other college students might for sure so when you have an athlete come to you and they maybe have some kind of body image or they're feeling down about themselves uh, how do you kind of approach that with them or have you had that experience
1: yeah so it is um a tricky situation right because we're not trained professionals and mm-hmm. in, in, uh, um, talking about to like mental health and that's of true. course we can be a, a guidance and we can be a mentor in a sense mm-hmm. but I do think if it's something that's at a point where it's it needs medical attention you know or to talk to a professional then we, we very quickly try to, to head in that direction mm-hmm. uh, but sometimes you know it could be more of like a you just have a day when you're feeling down or something happened, you know, like mm-hmm. um, like we said, like someone just put on a couple of pounds because they went home over the weekend or, you know, like or took, ha- were sick and had a little bit of a break or something like that, you know and I think just talking through that of focusing on the, the healthy eating and the balanced eating and keeping mm-hmm. things like that in check more so than um, talking about what's What's the right or wrong way to look like? Because I don't think that's really um, doesn't really lead to any any good mm-hmm. outcomes, you know. Sure. Uh, focusing on what the healthy type of lifestyle is, I do think the other side quite often kind of solves itself. Mm-hmm. Um, but just having that like healthy relationship with food and absolutely, um, yeah,
0: just finding balance really. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think that's the um, most important thing. Sure, and it's it's yeah can't it's, can't be easy, I imagine too, and. Um, do you feel like your athletes, do, you, do they work with nutritionists sometimes, or is that different? I imagine, like, for a, co- for a collegiate athlete, yeah, you, what your diet looks like might be somebody that doesn't do college um, sports. So is that something that you feel like is is, okay, like, easy for them to manage, or can that become tricky i imagine too in covid if that's changed things too
1: right yeah exactly. that's, that's another good point too but yeah we do have nutritionists working with us and mm-hmm. uh, that's very helpful you know they can go over uh, i think the first step for them usually is that they record everything they eat over the course of a, of a week mm-hmm. and then they take a look at that and, sure uh, part of it is kind of where in the day you schedule your meals and then the, the other part of it is kind of what you what you fuel your body with so we do have a lot of resources and mm-hmm. another thing too i mean like as a swimmer you do spend a lot of time in the pool mm-hmm. I mean, between two and four hours a day in the pool wow. adding weight lifting and dry land workouts on top of that so you you do need to eat a lot yeah right? i imagine to, yeah to have absolutely to energy, fuel your
0: your workouts right
1: so it's more just kind of like learning more about which the good food sources are and mm-hmm. stuff like that so once gotcha. once we to a point where we have a hang on what's good to eat and what's good fuel then it's usually not a problem to Mm -hmm. kind of stay in balance in terms of your actual weight you know Mm -hmm. Um, just because we do work so much but yeah just learning that and just also having energy to get through
0: the workout and sure you gotta have that to perform i love that about crossfit too because i think Mm -hmm. when i got to CrossFit i i was sometimes restricting i wasn't eating enough and i would get to crossfit and i was like darn it i can't perform like i can't do as well as i wanted and that frustrated me right because i'm competitive so i was like all right i was like yeah it it forces you to eat to perform which is good like it it teaches you about the food is fuel right and i really like that like you said that if your athletes can train two to four hours in the pool Mm -hmm. you definitely have to have that nourishment to keep you going for sure
1: and then comparing that to you know if you just put in an hour on a treadmill every day just to keep the weight down you can do that and not be properly Mm. fueled and get through it you Mm -hmm. know but when you're performing as an athlete or like you said performing in crossfit Mm -hmm. or weightlifting, you know you feel that difference when you don't have
0: you definitely do the fuel so Mm -hmm. yep i had a friend this week who said and his little comments about his workout you know having ice cream for lunch probably was not the best idea before the workout that, that was right. so funny to me of course I had to ask the flavor I wanted to know it was cookies and cream just if, if anybody you know put in the comments of the podcast what was the flavor yeah. it was cookies and cream um what is your favorite food I got it do you have favorite foods I gotta know everybody does oh wow yeah
1: I, I mean I do love pasta I, I got my absolutely pasta maker uh, about a year what? ago. What is that, it? The
0: attachment to the mm-hmm. the, the KitchenAid, KitchenAid mix. So you already had the mixer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There it, okay. Very that's nice. That's just
1: changed my life. I mean, not to be like that, but it's been, it's so good. Like that's if you just have amazing. homemade pasta, then mm-hmm. it's hard to have anything else. Game changer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For
0: sure. So I do love that. And seafood. I love a good steak. You know. Yum.
1: Yeah.
0: Very cool. Um, and I also like that you mentioned with the body image too. That like there's no one size fits all. Mm-hmm. Even though yes, like everybody's wearing like a bathing suit, you got to wear a bathing suit to get in the pool. Yeah. that doesn't mean that everybody looks the same. Right. Um, do you coach just females or do you coach both, both. you do you do mm-hmm. coach the males too. Yeah. are there differences do you feel like when you coach either one? like what is it like in terms of of gender? Do you feel like there are any differences when you like in terms of body image and mental mm-hmm. health?
1: I mean yes and no. I do think there's so many different individuals overall. it's hard to just put them in different categories sure and we have uh, some women that act more like men and some men that act more like women like Mm. traditionally what you would consider Mm -hmm. you know and i think that image is between the two genders is changing a lot anyways sure Uh, so it's just
0: blended the way that it is because we all have like traits of masculinity and femininity right yeah
1: so um i mean i do think um if we just want to speak in more general terms i think the women are a bit Open to discuss uh, yes. body image and uh-huh. things like that. I do think there's things that are important um, to be there to help and support, no matter which gender. I yes. just have that, um, and maybe also because I am a woman, you know, they kind of tend to come to me for for those types of, of questions. Yeah, um, and That's I think it's point. something that I think it's, I do think it's a good thing that it's become a bit more talked about and a bit more mm-hmm. open because I think it's a, a it's such a stigma around it mm-hmm. you know um, that we should like it shows a weakness or it shows that right you know if we, we have issues or we have you know problems mm-hmm. when um, you can also like I don't know fact like some people might have the the mindset that they're they're not real issues so they're not you know mm. get a real problem kind of thing mm-hmm. when it really is it could affect. Of like your everyday life um, to a point where you you need to seek like mental health so
0: absolutely help so yeah. I think that's awesome that you are a mental health advocate for sure as a coach super important um, and I mentioned the gender thing too because what I've seen as a mental health provider unfortunately is because of the stigma. I don't generally get to see as many male clients, and I think mm-hmm. it's really disappointing, and I, my, you know, my heart breaks to think that so many, like, I know that there's guys out there, or whatever your gender is, that mm-hmm. you don't feel, that you don't feel safe enough to, to you know, be open or disclose things about your life that you need help with, Right. and the times that I've worked with male clients, or when my caseload is mostly uh, males, is when they're court ordered, so mm-hmm. they're actually, like, they're for, like, you have to go to therapy, it's part yeah. of your or, you know, there's going to be repercussions and, you know, that it's almost like part of a punishment for them, which is, is so tough. Yeah. Um, so when I do get male clients or, you know, it is spoken about and guys are more comfortable, like it's, I think it's such an awesome big deal because I think more guys need to feel safe enough to ask for help because the same mental health barriers, I feel like that any gender, like you said, like it doesn't matter what gender you are. I mean, yeah. a lot of the same mental health as, you know, issues can come up, right. um, whether you're an athlete or not. For um, sure. college is just a tough age to be in like you're definitely a coach like when they're at a tough time yeah for sure mm-hmm. so what would what advice would you give to somebody like let's say an athlete came up to you and they were like I want to be a coach this is what I want to do you're awesome like what advice would you give them or somebody who wants to be a coach and go into coaching
1: for sure I mean if it's collegiate uh, athletics then I definitely think just getting your foot in the door and typically that would look like either being a volunteer assistant coach with a team for a year okay or a grad assistant so I, I took the grad assistant route mm-hmm. got my grad graduate degree done and um, was fortunate enough to to get a spot to be helping the team as and kind of like a bridge between staff and team in a sense mm-hmm. uh, I helped out at swim meets and in practice kind of help driving people to and from practice and just be a person that was around and I didn't spend too much time actually coaching during my years of, of grad school, but mm-hmm. I, I did get that foot in the door in terms of having experience on somewhat more of the coaching side. Gotcha. Um, so I think that's very important. And like in any field, you know, connections is, is pretty much everything. I was fortunate enough that uh, I knew Neil, so when he, he got the job here, mm-hmm. um, he, he knew me as an athlete and kind of knew what I could bring to the table. So I, I think that's a, a very big key to get connected with coaches that's obviously something swimmers can do already as athletes right. you know if that's something they know for sure they want to do and mm-hmm. I so think building it's a good partnership right. it like. and I, it, it's totally fine to be competitive as a coach I mean I think you should be right mm-hmm. because it is about winning but I think mm-hmm. you also need to have a piece that's about the athletes because you have to be okay with it's their success you know at the end of the day sure. I want them to do well it's it's for them, so
0: mm-hmm. um, sure. And you're not going to win a hundred percent of the time, right. all the time, right? right? I mean, maybe there's some athlete out there, maybe. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're everybody has an off day or a bad day or a competition you miss a lift or you don't get sure. the time that you wanted. Yeah. Um, and I think yeah, your reaction to that is pretty important. Like to me, what drove me nuts is like the sore loser, where you play a board game with somebody and they're mm-hmm. like the most sore loser like the whole game is ruined for everybody else because they're losing it's like right. you got to be able to lose with grace like I think right. that's important as an athlete too for sure for sure and then I think the
1: other aspect of it too is that it really is a lifestyle you know I mean we work out six out of the seven days of the week and right. uh, rarely have breaks uh, because when, when one season finishes then the next one starts so just to be able to be and be okay with that you know I think I think of it more as all the opportunities that we have, you know, like we get to travel the world. I was in Scotland last year recruiting at European no sports. Course, you know. That's yeah. amazing. So Just
0: like a lot of opportunities have come out of right, it too.
1: Things like that, like it's a little bit more difficult to be flexible, you know, like your life outside of, of coaching and in the swimming world is um, you sometimes have to put certain things on hold, but I don't see that as a as a sacrifice, really, because I, I always loved being an athlete, and I get to stay in that now, helping mm. other people, so mm-hmm. I just see it as opportunities.
0: Such gotcha. because kind of yeah. it seems like you're, you are you genu- genuinely are doing what you love, which sure. is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, You get yeah, to kind of appreciate sure. that. I feel very lucky that I feel the same way. Yeah. I feel like that's how it's got to be. Uh, one of my favorite things that Matt Frazier, who won the CrossFit mm-hmm. Games last year, when they interviewed him I'll never forget it you know he had done so amazing he's an incredible athlete they were like you know what's it like to win the games for the hundredth time he hasn't won that mm-hmm. many times but just about
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> and he goes I'm just happy I don't have a desk job like I'm just happy to not have a desk job and I thought that was yeah. just like that hit me in the feels um, yeah so it's I think that's really neat that it's just putting it into perspective it's for like, sure yeah right. it's great to be that awesome athlete but to do what you love and not be cooped up and fr- I'm you know some people maybe like an office job, but for me, not my thing. Not yeah. my favorite thing to be locked inside four walls all the time.
1: For sure, it's mm-hmm. the like that difference between living for your job or what? What is it? Work for your. I see where you're going with it. Yeah, I see
0: where you're going with it. What is it? <laughs> it's
1: like live for work or work to live. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that mm-hmm. difference. And yeah, to really live for my job now is is pretty cool.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. So what do you enjoy about Tallahassee as a community, FSU, a commu- FSU is a community? FSU is a pretty big sports university. Mm-hmm. So, like, as opposed to, I guess, tell me the differences between, like, FSU and Gulf Coast, where you were. Oh, yeah, huge difference.
1: So, I mean, coming here from Sweden, I really didn't know what to expect. So I came to Florida Gulf Coast, and I was like, oh, wow, this is a really big campus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and people like, what? No, it's tiny. What do you mean? That's so funny. Because uh, I just didn't really have that... Um, comparison and Mm -hmm. then coming here I do I mean I see it now the difference and just the history here Mm -hmm. like how sports have always been such a big has always had such a big presence on campus and the traditions with the chop you know Mm -hmm. uh, football games and stuff like that yeah I mean it's just huge here and I do love that aspect a lot with Florida State and you know Mm -hmm. everyone walks around I mean I'm wearing a Florida State shirt right now yes you are she's (laughs) representing
0: everyone she's got her garden gold (laughs) on
1: and it's just kind of like a cool thing I think
0: yeah definitely like a community you definitely feel like a community aspect sure. which i love about um yeah i love that about fsu i love that about sports in general crossfit's very community based like mm-hmm. places where people are positive and enjoying the same things as you is is nice to be around for sure totally agree um so i already asked you about your favorite food what do you do for self-care what do you do to take care of yourself? I know you make your own pasta, which is amazing. Love that. Yeah. I feel like there's some therapeutic aspects to that. Right? For sure. For sure.
1: Absolutely. I what think that, else
0: helps you to keep your, your cup full so that you're not empty?
1: Right. I do think that's something interesting just with um, being down with swimming because with that sport, you know, you spend a lot of hours just not talking. It's almost like therapy in itself, just spending so much time looking down at the bottom of the pool. Huh. You, you Very just true. Have, yeah, you just have to be forced to be with yourself. <laughs> That's very true. Yeah, which is you know, kind of a cool aspect of it. But I do think uh, spending a lot of time in the weight room now is, is really fun. I probably average a couple hours a day. Um, don't really have like a set program, but more so just kind of come up with it day by day.
0: Um, yeah. Like and listening to your body, how your body feels or like bit, what yeah. you are preferring that day.
1: A little bit, too. Mm-hmm. And I do think it's it's interesting, too, because going in there myself now... Um, it's helped. It has helped me to learn more about that field, uh, compared to doing CrossFit and more like guided workouts like that. Mm-hmm. Now that I feel like I'm more in charge, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's kind of um, made me even more curious to learn about different exercises sure. and coming up with
0: right. Yeah, know, more freedom of choice,
1: right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so that part
0: has been really cool. Um, Agreed. I love programming. Yeah, it's fascinating. Yeah, and then um,
1: walking. I walk my dog once a day. Now we're talking. Pet yeah. therapy
0: is huge. Yep. I think I'm a I think I'm a pretty good therapist, but I feel like dogs are always gonna beat me hands down.
1: Right. So so that's cool too. It's been been good. What kind of doggy? it's a um, German Shepherd Pitbull mix. oh That we yeah, we rescued from the shelter.
0: That was nice of you. A few months
1: ago. Yeah. Awesome. So so that's been really fun here during Covid times too to be able to spend more time with them,
0: right him. yeah you've been getting to bond with the doggy right very nice yeah do you so. have favorite lifts are there like certain lifts that make you feel really empowered or that you've either like worked on more than others so you appreciate them more because of the progress or the work that you put into it
1: yeah and, and that's funny because when I swam it really was more like lower body movement I tended to have I mean if anything I think I had really strong legs like as a strength as an athlete mm-hmm. now the more i spend time in there the more i kind of gear towards the other side more like chest or so like bench interesting press and arms and stuff just because i've felt so excited about just taking this to to the extreme in terms of just focus on getting stronger and not paying attention to what i should do or mm-hmm. shouldn't do and mm-hmm. you know like what my body should look like so i almost find that kind of fun right to go in now and bench heavy and it's just all the dudes around there. And, <laughs> yes. Yeah, you know, you found most of the women, kind of in the women's section doing, hips and you know like, glute stuff. And I'm like, nah, I'd rather bench. You know, like mm-hmm. it's kind of I kind of embrace that and um, love that. Want to be a good influence for for our women.
0: Yes, I love that absolutely. I'm sure. Yes, it's very empowering. Yeah, literally, that you're literally lifting things off your shoulders. Mhm. Um, I love that about squatting and the yeah. I mean I back in the day I was one of those that just used the five pound dumbbells that like the 10 pound dumbbell was like the heavy right that's the heavy set but now yeah. it's yeah it's the, it's okay to use like 35 pound dumbbells and heavy dumbbells like it's okay to lift heavy like it's right. and it feels really really good right and if you know if any if anybody learns anything from this podcast lift heavy right it feels really good right
1: <laughs> um it's, it's cool too how much I mean like I've never I don't think ever before been in such good balance so like, with food, I mm-hmm. I don't have Same. a specific diet. You know, I don't, like, I eat all different foods, like carbs and protein and fat. I don't limit anything like that. And, Very nice. Uh, just eat until I'm full, and then that's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, and sometimes I have ice cream, you know, like, since we talked about that. I had it last night. Absolutely. What <laughs> flavor? I gotta know. Yeah, it was, uh, it was Ben & Jerry's something with cheesecake. It was oh, my gosh. Yeah, it was really You had good. me in
0: cheesecake. Really good, yeah. Yeah, that sounds delicious.
1: So, to be okay with that, and, yeah, I think... Mm-hmm. I think weightlifting has helped me get there for sure
0: absolutely there is something about it that impacts your nutrition I think it's the yeah that, it, that you you want to you want to get better you want to get stronger so you have to right. fuel your body so it's that right. positive cycle for sure it kind of reinforces itself um and I also have a sweet tooth I have dessert every night I'm not yeah. ashamed to say it yeah, yeah. I do i still you know and of course I love to work out and uh, I eat three meals a day with snacks but I don't feel like you have to give up dessert like no, you know you have one right. life and it's okay to have things in moderation and right yeah my sweet tooth isn't just gonna go away
1: yeah
0: for sure. Um, but I think it's interesting that you kind of went from like you felt like more leg stuff to now upper body and bench mm-hmm. press I've seen bench press be really amazing for people that have anxiety who are really, like, tight in their chest. So, like, they hold a lot of things in their chest. They hold things in their shoulders. Like, you might hear somebody say, like, I feel like there's a weight on my chest. Mm -hmm. I can't breathe. Like, a lot of times before a panic attack. Mm -hmm. And I think it's pretty amazing that, like, after you bench, like, especially heavy, like, it actually kind of stretches that and relieves that tension. I don't know if you've ever noticed or experienced that. um, But I feel like that's been pretty helpful. Same with push-ups. Like, just getting that, like tech pump, mm-hmm. to use an alliteration, yeah, is, is helpful in that way, getting the blood flow to that area that you're having, like, the tightness in. Very cool.
1: So yeah, like I have really thought about
0: that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no,
1: that's cool.
0: Yeah, sure. that would be neat. Um, yeah, more on that. If I do more case studies on that, that's more to come. Um, so where do you train? Do you train at the Leach at um, campus? Do you have a gym that you like? So...
1: I've been kind of bouncing around a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one we're at now is Momentum Fitness. Yeah. Just because it was the first one to open, I think, honestly. I think that gotcha. was the biggest yeah, they have that Go
0: Room, that. too, the GoPro Room that has like the rope in it that's kind of like the CrossFit oh, yeah, yeah, Room. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, right.
1: Yeah. Yeah, they do. A lot of different equipment and stuff. So I'm definitely happy there. Very nice. <laughs> have you
0: tried the pegboard?
1: No. No, I've seen it, but no, I haven't
0: yeah, tried yeah. have that's It's pretty challenging. Yeah. Very challenging. Yeah. Give it a try sometime, see how it goes. Yeah, it should. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so do you feel like you have any questions for me as a mental health provider? I guess one more question before we get to that, mm-hmm. to interrupt you with my own question. Um, you mentioned that sometimes like you'll refer your athletes to a therapist or a mental health provider if you feel like they're coming to you often or mm-hmm. that they have an issue that maybe you don't feel comfortable right. talking to them about. Do you guys refer them to the FSU Counseling Center? Like do you have a protocol for how that kind of goes or like therapists that you prefer or how does that work? Yes, yeah, so
1: we actually have a... A psychologist within the athletics department oh, okay gotcha no, that's really great you that know is that great. is great definitely always the first kind of go-to mm-hmm. person sure her that wrong. kylie dr k we call her dr k, dr. k. She k. i like it, it.
0: no worries we'll cut it out okay yeah, yeah.
1: so so we do have a uh, psychologist within the athletics department dr k and she's been really really great i mean so helpful um the past couple years that's great uh, being able to have that resource in-house has Mm -hmm. been incredible and then we do I think Florida State also does have uh, quite a few resources for mental health Mm -hmm. so there is that broader thing too but having someone in-house I think is um, is important or is it has been really good
0: agreed I'm glad that uh that that's offered yeah um, because I do know that yeah sometimes college mental health Uh, can get flooded like overwhelmed and so i'm glad that um within swimming or within the sports or the athletics that they guys have that those resources
1: and also just with that too making it more okay you know Mm -hmm. because there's a lot of people that use her you know like as they should you know we have we have it as a resource so it's almost been like i don't know it's almost like it's helped the view of what mental health is Mm -hmm. because it's okay now it's it's there it's for something for them to use like a nutritionist or uh, an athletic um, trainer or something like that so it it kind of helps take away that stigma that Mm -hmm. oh if I go to this part of campus what if other people are there that they'll see me and they think I have problems and you know it's more kind of become oh this is a really cool resource I can actually use and it can help me become a better better athlete so
0: gosh so it's kind of like been normalized a little bit like this is just something else that we offer just like anything else for sure it's not like hidden Mm -hmm. in the closet or like something that's supposed to be a secret so I kind of like that of course confidential in what you talk about but accessing it is more is easier good what is the difference in terms of sweden's do you know anything about that like the way that the mental health access works in sweden and how it differs from the u.s oh wow
1: that's a great question i'm actually not too sure i Mm -hmm. do know it is somewhat common back home to see therapists Mm -hmm. i just haven't it's just been too long (laughs) yeah since i was there so i do know in general you know like we don't have the the same type of like college athletics isn't really a thing in the same sense over there mm-hmm. so I think most people after high school they either they kind of choose to either stick with their sport to go do that professionally for a little bit or they head more to- towards the university track now that has started changing a little bit too with more options for online education and stuff like that Gotcha. But, um, I think in general um, that does affect the resources that athletes have to some extent, you know, Mm -hmm. like if you're not a a super you know, like elite level type athlete, then maybe you just don't have the same type of resources, unfortunately. Um so that could be a limiting factor over there. But Mm -hmm. other than that I don't see I don't think there's that much that's different. It's become a very small world in a sense with
0: social media and all that kind of stuff. Sure. Connecting the world. So absolutely that has been probably the hard, one of the hardest parts, I feel like, about yeah being a business owner and starting a business is the right. whole social media. I was not very big into social media before this, so I've had yeah. to like do more of it, and so I'm learning, I'm growing. Right. That's, that's why I taught myself to stay positive, learning yeah, and
1: growing. That's really cool. Yeah,
0: I've seen some videos and stuff. Only, yes, thank yeah, you. I'm, yeah. I'm giving it my best <laughs> shot. That's all you can do, right? Yes. Is to give it your best shot. It's good. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, so any questions for me in terms of anything with Talk Lift Heal or anything that i do or just a mental health questions anything like that
1: yeah so um i'm just curious kind of about the process because i did listen to i think it was a previous podcast where you mentioned it's kind of that strange thing in that your goal is to not be able to see people again or like your (laughs) goal is to kind of get them out of here in a way that's so because you want to get them up on your feet on their feet and then they can kind of um do you want them to progress you don't want them to get stuck in, in mm-hmm. therapy for the rest of their lives so how do you like yeah. how do you deal with that when you feel like you create a really good connection with someone like do you can you stay can people come back here to continue work out or like mm-hmm. can you stay in communication with them yeah that's a
0: great them? question yeah because it 's true it 's such a funny profession in terms of yeah, the goal is to not see me. that is mm-hmm. the goal is to not need me right. um, it 's really i 'm very much into promoting independence for yourself, for you to be able to to live on your own and mm-hmm. do the things that we talk about in session or in the gym because ultimately like i 'm not going to be going home with you and living with you in your house right. like i 'm only here <laughs> for like the hour during the session, so the most important thing for me is that yeah what we learn in here what that person grows or processes or you know expresses in here that they're able to take that outside like mm-hmm. into the environment and and feel like they're empowered enough to do it on their own right. um, because that's to me that's who we can rely on the most is we need to be able to rely on ourselves um, I of mm-hmm. course believe in support systems and that you can't do it alone like it does take a team Right. Um, but you're right yeah I mean if you're you know seeing the same therapist for you know 20 years like, I think that at some point, yeah, it's 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 good to feel that, that more of that empowerment. Yeah. Um, but in terms of staying connected, that's a really good question, because it's hard. You're right. Like, you yeah. really do become, like, you build a connection. You, it's a collaboration. And um, sometimes when I stop seeing a client, you just kind of, you're like, you are like, it's that hole, like, it's a gap. You don't have that closure. Sometimes you do, and you get that closure, and you're like, I hope they're doing great. Sometimes yeah. I'm eating dinner randomly, and I'm like, I wonder how that person's doing from right. like years ago too, <laughs> just like random clients that just, and I'll, I'll see them sometimes in the community, and yeah. I'm, you know, I'm a pretty open, approachable person. I kind of let them uh, lead on that, so if, if they want to come up to me, I, of course, I'm going to acknowledge them. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of therapists are taught that that confidentiality, that if, if I go up to you and you're with somebody or a family member or with a friend, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's not, you know, saying, the services that I had with you but yeah. you know I'm, I'm always willing to talk and to catch up yeah um, and I think part of that is ending the stigma too that it's okay to talk about that you received mental health treatment right. um, I have like that's why I do what I do mm-hmm. is that I'm open about you know that I've been I've seen counselors since I was a kid like I think it's it wasn't until I was probably a teen or a young adult that I really like received the therapy and I was ready like I, I had to be in a good headspace to really right. to, to do it and not just feel like I was going through the motions Um but that can be challenging yes to not see a client anymore you're right I mean yeah. it, that it, there's no better answer to just say it's tough yeah um you know you have some of the mementos like the artwork that they've created or something like that yeah, so Kind yeah. that's kind of nice and to put that in perspective and uh you know on social media I have had some clients follow me in the past from like mm-hmm. years ago and that's really cool too just to kind of see how they're doing in that way for sure so yeah it's you know, I want to see you, but I also don't at the same time. It's that weird thing. I want <laughs> yeah. I want to know that you're doing well yeah. if I don't see you. So yeah. that is the goal. Cool. Absolutely. Well, Anything else you got? Um, Talk about my lifts all day. Yeah, I don't know, <laughs> I'm yeah, just ser-
1: kidding. No, no, oh my gosh.
0: Um, uh, I, it's funny because bench press was used to not be one of my favorite lifts. I know, like I've been. I've had some jokes recently that I like talk about bench press all the time now. like I talk about it all the time. (laughs) So I love that you brought that up. Yeah, that's funny. So tell me again what you did for two. How much Uh, weight? I did uh, today, I did
1: five reps at 230.
0: Five reps at 230. that is incredible. That is goals right there All good to everybody who's listening to this. That so, is awesome. So
1: do you come up with your own workouts too sometimes? or is it?
0: That's a great yeah. question. Yeah. So just like you said, I had the very similar thing where I do enjoy sometimes going to like a CrossFit gym and having the, the workout style and doing it and being a part of the community and doing the workout together. I like that aspect. But especially since COVID, I've had to be more at home. I have a home mm-hmm. gym and it's made me like value and enjoy that time to myself to kind of have that control over my workout. I do a lot more of my own programming now yeah. um, because I do feel like I have more of a knowledge base than I maybe had before I started um, weightlifting. Mm-hmm. So that has been kind of cool. Like you said, I'm fascinated to learn more and yeah. sometimes it kind of takes you focusing in on doing it to really learn it. Like you have to just like dive in head first into it to get right. it. Um, so I have been doing a lot more programming. I think it's super fun and I think once I do more programming, too, for myself, I'm an, I feel more comfortable, like, making other workouts and doing program from other people, because I've suffered through it. So I'm like, okay, I've suffered through that one.
1: Right.
0: So now it's, now it's, it's easier to prescribe, or, like, feel, yeah, I don't feel as bad it's like, I know what it's like, it's yeah. gonna suck, but you got this, yeah, you can get yeah. through it. For sure. Absolutely.
1: Cool. Sure. And then, now I'm thinking on, now I'm thinking about a bunch more stuff. I don't know how much more time. Oh, no, you're fine. Okay. Do you Whatever feel like you got. When you're talking to clients, do you feel like there's, um, like, a defining moment in the in the practice or do you feel like it's like a a turning point at some point where people start to really kind of embrace what you are teaching and kind of like what that looks like the process of of improving
0: sure um I kind of see it you usually will see it in the beginning is like how motivated they are coming into it and that's Mm -hmm. kind of has to do with You know did they come seeking therapy did their parent encourage them to Mm -hmm. come so it's like who's kind of driving it in the beginning Mm -hmm. Um, but it is amazing and like there's nothing in the world to describe like what it's like to see somebody kind of connect those dots and to be like oh I've been thinking this way for a really long time and it's a really negative way of thinking and it's impacted mm-hmm. my life and it's made me feel really terrible about myself. And then thinking in this new way of being like, okay, if I think in this way, that's a little bit more positive and realistic. It's going to mm-hmm. impact my emotions, which is going to impact my behaviors. And just like seeing them go through that and it not it just kind of being this abstract notion or it's one thing to hear it, but to mm-hmm. actually do it for yourself and to go through it is is definitely life-changing and I, it, I've done I've gone through the same thing where I remember for myself it like took a really long time and I went through it and I practiced it and it clicked mm-hmm. for me and I was like okay I could do this yeah and just like any sport too like you, you are probably going to be not as good in the beginning and then you practice mm-hmm. and you get better like it's, yeah. it's the same thing like I absolutely believe that like you can work your brain just like a muscle just like any other muscle That's really cool. um but it looks different for everybody too like I make people cry like that's such a funny thing to say like sometimes when people cry in session I'm like yes success which is like such a weird thing to say too but like sometimes like it is part of like cleansing your body's expressing emotion like you're getting it out and I know for a lot of people like this safe space might be the only place that they feel safe to cry like they might not feel safe any other place to cry so I do take that pretty seriously when people do like express emotions Mm -hmm. um but like when you hand somebody a tissue sometimes you're basically telling them like stop crying like clean up your clean up your tears yeah um so for me like i do offer like i have tissues beside you i leave that up to the person like because they're allowed to cry like you're allowed to express it like this is where the place where you are allowed to express emotion right um have you ever seen the movie inside out that pixar movie it's incredible if you've never seen it it's so so good it's all about, like, it's, it's, kind of, it's geared more towards, like, kids, but it puts emotions into perspective in the most amazing way that, like, adults, every adult needs to watch it. Yeah. Because it basically says that, like, whether or not you're angry, sad, happy, like, they're not good or bad. Mm-hmm. Like, being angry isn't bad. Being sad isn't bad. Like, they're just, they're just emotions. Like, yeah. every emotion is an emotion. Mm-hmm. And the movie is all about, but happy's good. And, like, we don't want to be sad because that's bad. But it's, like, it's okay. Yeah. Like, it's okay to feel them all. It's just you have to be able to express it in a way that you get it out so that you're not, like, bottling it up. And then you're angry and you're, like, yelling at your significant other because you didn't actually resolve what you were angry about. Yeah. So I don't, you know, I'm not saying, I'm not trying to say that, you know, you should express anger in a way that's going to harm other people or yourself. But it's about recognizing that, like, yes, it's okay. We're going to be angry sometimes. Like, we're going to get irritated. There's things that pisses me off all the time. Yeah. But you got to do things for it. Like slam yeah. balls is a great one. Like throw things on, on, down on the ground that don't break and aren't going to hurt anybody and get that out because your right. nervous system is, has to get it out. So you can sleep that night. So you're not just like up all night yeah. with that pent up energy. Right. Absolutely. Cool. I thought it was a roundabout. I don't even know what the original question was. I don't was. know either. <laughs> <laughs> Something about that. It's all good. <laughs> um, but yes. So I appreciate you coming in and talking to me. I think it is so awesome to hear that there is a coach at FSU, like you, that is so supportive and empathetic towards your athletes, like, you've been there, so you know what it's like, I think it's amazing, because I know that, like, you're not the only one, like, that's what it shows me, too, I'm like, yes, there's other coaches like you that are being that role model, that you're, like, for athletes, but also for women, too, like, you are a female athlete, so it's, I think it's so empowering to see, like, your perspective, how your body image has changed over time, Mm -hmm that it was a process for you, it wasn't like something overnight. For sure. Um, So yeah, I thank you and appreciate you being that person. Uh, Sometimes we don't get enough positive feedback I mean, I hope you do, but if you haven't in a while, you, you get it today. I'm all about affirmations, yeah, so yeah. yes, it's, it's really a, awesome. Yeah, I know what to say.
1: Thank you, thank you. For sure,
0: that. for sure. Yeah. Um, so if somebody did want to contact you or ask you any questions about FSU Swim, how could they get in contact with the program? For sure. So we do
1: have all our contact information listed on, on the Seminoles.com website, and uh, I do think I have my Instagram uh, account name. Or, like, link on that mm-hmm. website as well. But it's pretty easy to find me, anyways. It's um, Coach Emma at FSU. Very good. Um, on Instagram. so.
0: Awesome. So feel free to reach out to Coach Emma if you have any questions. If you want to reach out to me, uh, Talk Lift Heal. My Instagram is at Talk Lift Heal. I have a Facebook as well. If you want to know more about my services in terms of therapy and strength training, my website's talkliftheal.com. And you can also schedule a session. Um, I have a free meet and greet session right now, so that could be either on the phone, telehealth, or in person. So I'm offering a free meet and greet, and then also an initial goal setting session if you're interested in that. So again, this was awesome, Emma. Thank Thank you so much for coming by, and stay tuned for future podcasts.